1: Welcome to another edition of the SC Times Sports Report podcast. My name is Zach Dwyer, and joining me as he does every week is my co host, Brian Mosey. Brian, we finally have football tonight. We're recording this on a Friday. It feels somewhat normal for the first time in like, I don't know, seven, eight months, it seems.
0: We got section playoffs for different sports. We got the start of volleyball. We got the start of football. I mean, you can't ask for anything more. I mean, honestly.
1: I know there's, it's not like there could be anything around the corner, like distance learning or anything that We're shuts that. everything down.
0: We, can't, we can't say mode. those two words. Those two words are, don't exist.
1: They don't those exist. are taboo. I agree. So, <laughs> but the one thing we do know is that we have um, our seven local teams are all in action tonight for football. We have one cross, not, not quite cross town rivalry, but kind of Metro area rival, or mm. even just, you know, opponent that we'll, we'll get into a little later. And, uh, we're going to start the show with previewing all those seven or uh, those six matchups. And then um, later in the show, we were at volleyball last night for the first time. We'll talk a little bit about that. Brian will get into a little bit more about the previews and top 10 players he worked on last week while I was doing football stuff. Um, so he was on vacation to start this week. So now we finally will get to, to talk a little bit about that and get that info in there. Um, and then we're going to wrap up with we have section tennis already going on. And we have seedings for soccer and locations for cross country that all start up next week. So, um, a lot to get to today, um, but I think we got to start with football being back.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. No, I I completely agree. It's it's nice to see, and it's right now it's clear skies. So you know, let's keep it that way To have a nice night for some football at all these different places. And um, yeah, unfortunately, I have no more vacation days, so I can't take any more vacations. So. I guess I'm like here right? for a while, yeah. you know, I guess yeah. I'm here for a while, but yeah, no, definitely a fun night and looking forward to a, to a great night of, of football and you'll be heading out to Recory, um, for the Recory Big Lake game. And I'll be o- over with Dave over at uh, Sartell for the Apollo Sartell game. So, um, definitely some good matchups coming in for week one.
1: Yeah. I'll be traveling out to Big Lake for that Recory game. And that's going to be the first time I've, I haven't been to Big Lake before, so I'll get to to see them play out there on the road, normally we try to just kind of stick around here more, but with Record having their first three games on the road and um, not too many local matchups this week, it seemed like a good time to see how the defending state champs kind of take this this first game back in their first week against a team they've played the last couple of years. But yeah, it's supposed to be, I think it's going to be like in the 70s around kickoff and even like 60s when it's like Ten what? o'clock at night when the game wraps up. I know. Like My goodness. Usually we get that for like our games beginning September. Like, you know, we're <laughs> we're in the second week in October. This is usually when it, it really gotta love climate change, up. right? <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. It's perfect. I'm not gonna argue. So yeah, so we'll be out at those games tonight. So we're also gonna be doing each week. Um, going forward here, as long as we have football teams playing every week, it's nothing's really certain at this point, but at least for this week. We know there's games happening tonight, so uh, we just, we're we going to pick all of our local teams, kind of the matchups, who we think's going to win. Um, and besides Brian and I's picks, also um, photographer Dave Schwartz and our sports boss, Randy Krebs, who's in the engagement editor here. Um, they also gave us their picks already beforehand. Um, I think they're both going to be hunting up north, you know, starting this next week. So they're going to be kind of out of the loop, but they already gave us picks for week two as well when that comes around, so... We'll have we'll have those picks too to to kind of compare with. Um, and we're gonna kind of try to keep tally as the year goes on um, to see who's who's the winner. If they get anything special, who's Got a in big the dog house? house. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if there's gonna be if a trophy's in the budget or find someone to be yeah, you know, like tinfoil. Yeah, yeah we, we could make some like tinfoil thing or you know whatever paper mache something. But
0: yeah,
1: yeah. um, but yeah, so we're gonna start with that. Um, just kind of run through the games for this first segment. And then we're going to get into all the other sports afterwards. And yeah, I think the place to start is Recory at big Lake. Like I already mentioned, I'll be out at that game tonight. Uh, The two matched up last year was a 30 to 12 win for Recory. And they scored all 30 of their points in the first half in that game. So um, a pretty easy win for them in week two last year on the road. And for their running backs who are back, Brady Lynn and Luke Humbert, the two combined for about 150 yards on only a little over 20 carries. So, over seven yards of rush last year in that game, uh, two rushing touchdowns between the two of them. So that'll be a force that'll be back now that both are seniors this year. Um, and senior Jaden Phillippe, he had basically his best game um, at receiver last year: five receptions for 47 yards and a touchdown in that game. So um, it'll be fir- it'll be Camden Bowers' first game starting at quarterback since his sophomore year when he filled in in the playoffs. Um, so it'll be interesting to see kind of how they get off to this start tonight. Their defense. As uh, we talked about last week's podcast, you know, secondary and linebacking core is very experienced and had a really successful last year. But the lines, um, offensive and defensive, are going to be different. So that's going to be kind of something I'm going to make sure to watch tonight to kind of see how those adjust and how those units kind of work together um, in this first matchup.
0: Yeah, I think I think the thing for me that I'm kind of excited about is seeing how Camden Bauer does. I mean, um, being that guy that's going to be replacing a. a a very very well known Jack style. Um, I think it's I think it's going to be a lot of just um, seeing how he does and talk. I know we talked about it last week, but just his ability to run out of the pocket and, and being able to have a little bit more speed as well. I think be kind of fun to see that versatility on the field tonight. So excited to see what comes from it uh, when talking to you after the game. So.
1: Yeah, and uh, since these two teams started kind of matching up with a, a kind of normal non-conference series back in 2015, Ricori is 4-1 and in the series. They're 3-0 and at Big Lake. Um, their only loss was, I think, a 14-6 to game at home during that uh, two years ago when Ricori only had two wins. But they've never um, allowed more than 14 points to Big Lake. Even that loss it was 14-6. to So um, their defense has been really strong against them in all five meetings. And we'll see if that continues tonight. Brian, who are you picking in this one?
0: Um, I got to go with the Spartans. Going to be going to be kind of fun to see how that goes. And I, I think being defending champions, I, I don't know how you cannot pick them. Um, so I think I'm going to be going with uh, Randy and Dave. They both picked Ricori as well. So um, I'll be going with Ricori.
1: Yeah, as fun as it is to be contrarian, I'm going to be on the same boat as you on this one. It's just, yeah, with their amount of guys coming back, guys that already had success against this same team last year, um, and Big Lake was 2-7 and seven overall in 2019. So I'm expecting um, probably a pretty, it'll be interesting to see right out of the gate how they play. Um, their first game against Fergus Falls last year for Corey, they they started kind of slow and, you know, didn't put up a ton of points in that first game, but held a shutout. So I expect the defense, as usual, to kind of be there right away. Offense might take a little bit more, but I'm also expecting Riccioli to get the win on the road tonight. And then moving on to the game that you'll be at tonight, which is a really fun one, having two local teams match up um, that haven't that have had a couple of years that they haven't played each other. Um, is Apollo at Sartell? It should be really fun for you to see your first first high school football game in the area.
0: Yeah, no, I think I think it'll be fun to kind of see how everything kind of unfolds. I know, you know, kind of talking last week, we were. We were kind of talking about uh, Ethan, um, the running running back for for Sartell. Ethan, he was um, sounds like he's been a pretty major asset to that that offense, and just with his strength and such, um, I think it'll be fun to see how he kind of breaks out for his senior season. Um, but just kind of looking at looking at the matchup, um, for me at least, I'm not as well versed around St. Cloud and just. You know, I haven't been able to see any football games around St. Cloud. So it'd be fun to see two different teams from, the, the, from areas that I cover, um, that we cover. That'll be kind of fun to, to kind of see where, where everybody lines up that first week.
1: Yeah, especially, you know, two teams that only won a game last year. So someone's got to win the game tonight. That's the beauty of football is that we don't have any ties. So someone is going to have to win tonight. And, you know, these two teams, they didn't play last year, actually. Um, they last played in 2018 was a 27 to 21 win for Apollo and Apollo beat Sartell in 17 and 18. But before that, at least going far back as I can find consistent records online, um, Sartell had won the previous 13 times against Apollo. So 13 years in a row, they played and won It's pretty incredible. Other than 2010 and 2011, um, they didn't play. So actually the streak was more years than that, but 13 meetings. So, um, yeah that that was kind of a crazy stat to me, especially after Sartell being a couple of years without winning lately um, to see they had that kind of sustained dominance against the eagles so yeah it'll be it'll be an interesting one tonight a lot of a lot of turnover a little bit on both teams, but also some proven guys back. Um, I guess Brian, what are you looking for individually um, kind of even more than that, and what do you think your picks going to be tonight
0: I think for me i 'm kind of looking to see what type of balance um... They can they can create. I mean, with he, first year head coach at Apollo Michael B, um, Beeler, I I think it's I, I think for me it's just more of seeing what he kind of throws out there. Um, obviously, I've never seen them play, so I don't know what the past years were like for for Apollo and and how they do you know offense and defense. But um, I'm excited to see what he can throw out there. To um, a very looks like a very good um, Sartell offense. I'm I'm kind of excited to see what what they can do, the the Sabres are able to do offensively and just what the Eagles are able to do defensively to try and stop that. So I think for me, the big thing will be, you know, that, that Sartell offense versus that Apollo defense. Cause talking last week, that was, those were two big points when we were talking about those two teams for sure. Um, but I think for me, uh, we're kind of torn between the two because uh, Dave took Apollo and Randy took Sartell. So um, I don't know. I, it, I think it's going to be a very close game. I think it's going to. Honestly, I think it's going to be a very good game between the two teams. I um, think I'm going to have to give it a little bit to Sartell, maybe. Um, so I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna go with the Sabers tonight, just because it's at home. Um, might be kind of, you know, that comfortable. That comfortability of of being able to um, be at your own place for that first week. Might have to give the edge to Sartell tonight.
1: Yeah, I'm also going to pick Sartell in this one. Like you said, I do think it's going to be close. It'll be fun to see um, Cole Hentress in his sophomore year, really highly rated quarterback by um, a lot of recruiting services that um, kind of expect big things about him as he develops after already starting some games his freshman year at quarterback. Um, And then Thomas Dew on Apollo, it'll be really fun to see. He didn't play a ton last year, but he's also really highly rated Um, one of the top defensive linemen in his class in Minnesota rated right now. Um, You know, D1 school's talking to him. It'll be interesting to see once now that he can finally get on the field um, and and showcase that. It'll be fun to see kind of um, what kind of pressure he can get on Cole tonight and kind of how that affects it. And also, like you said, for Ethan Torgrimson, how he can continue that rushing attack and also um, continue to kind of be that leader at linebacker on the defensive end. So, yeah, I also think, It'll be close, but I think Sartell edges it out tonight as well.
0: Dave's on his own.
1: <laughs> he'll be there. So, if, if you know, he'll be there with you tonight. So, if, if Apollo wins, he'll say, I told you so. <laughs> and then next we have um, Hutchinson at Tech. This is one of the other only uh, local games that um, are going to be in the area tonight uh, for teams that aren't on the road. Um, last year, these teams matched up. It was a 28-21 to win for Hutchinson. Uh, Tech scored two late touchdowns, so that score is a little closer. It looks a little closer than that game was, but they still put up a really good effort against um, Hutchinson, who's also the Tigers. We have a Tigers versus Tigers matchup tonight. That's always confusing and fun when you have to write about a game. But yeah, Hutchinson was 11-1 last year, really dominant team. They lost in the state semifinals to SMB, um, who ended up playing in the prep bowl against Recory. So Hutchinson was number two in state right on the cusp of a state title last year. Uh, Russell Corrigan, their quarterback, um, who committed to Boise state, he's gone, but Hutchinson one of those teams that kind of always reloads and is ready. So it'll be fun. Last year was the first time they'd met, um, in at least 15, 20 years. I wish I could have records that went all the way back to like the seventies, sixties, how many teams these guys have played who, but, um, I don't have really the time or availability for that. So, um, I go with what I can find online and yeah, it was their first meeting last year. So, um, This should be a fun one tech, a lot of turnover. Um, Lincoln Benson will be starting his first games at quarterback after three years under Nate Trevick. Um, A lot of different skill position guys. Uh, I guess, Brian, what are you looking at from this game and also what's going to be your pick?
0: Yeah, I think for me, it's just going to be seeing who steps up um, on this tech team. I mean, um, a lot of turnover this, this, uh, this upcoming year with, you know, so many guys leaving, um, but also having a very big senior class this year as well. So I think there's going to be a lot of guys that maybe you haven't seen play or heard of playing yet um, that has been learning quite a bit underneath these guys um, that will probably be able to step up. Um, it's, it's just going to, it's a very tough first week matchup for um, for a team that's kind of turning over quite a bit of, of, of uh, talent, but, I'm excited to see what that that front line is able to do for for tech um, we were t- kind of talking about that last week and it seems like it's a it's a very good um, very good front line to help out that to help out Lincoln Benson on his first first game of the of the season so my my pick will probably be Hutch- Hutchison with uh, um, with Randy and Dave as well picking that team but uh, but I think I think it'll be kind of interesting to just see how everything kind of unfolds tonight
1: Yeah, I'm going to be with you on that one. I think Hutchinson will get the win. They travel here, and, you know, they're – like you said, they're – you know, they have some turnover as well, but just kind of with the program they have, how strong of a team they are, I think think they're going to be able to get it done. But, yeah, for – like you were saying with the offensive line and Spencer Gustin and John Kayser on that line coming back, they'll be strong. I think they will make, like you said, that first start a little easier for Lincoln, but it's still – I mean, you can't draw many teams tougher – than Hutch to start the year after, you know, their undefeated regular seasons aren't anything really new to them. Um, but yeah, I think it will be, it should be at least still pretty competitive. And like you said, I think it'll be fun to see who steps up. When I talked to coach Benson last week, he said, there's a lot of guys they're run some of their running backs, receivers, skill guys that no one has any tape on. Hutch isn't going to know who they are or who, what to scout for. So um, I think the beginning of the game, that first half, that could be a really big key for them with kind of that uncertainty factor. So but I'll also be going like the other three of you with Hutchinson on that one. And that moves us to our fourth game, which this was the one that seems to be the most up in the air from the picks perspective that I noticed um, from Dave and Randy as well. Um, at least I differ from them a little bit on this one. Um, Cathedral is going to be traveling to Foley. Um, the two played last year. It was a 20-13 to 13 win for Foley, a really close game. Um, Foley was 4-6 and six last year. Uh, While well, Cathedral only won one game, they were one and nine. But these two teams—they've played every year since 2008. Foley's eight and six in the rivalry, um, and Foley's five at one, five and one at home during that stretch, only losing in 2014. So it's been hard for the Crusaders to go to Foley and get that W. So Brian, what are you looking for out of this game?
0: Yeah, I think I think with Cathedral, I'm I'm just kind of this is the one team that I just I'm not sure what what to expect because there's a lot of talent coming back obviously last year finishing one and eight overall. Um, I think there's more to the team um, than a one and eight record this year. Um, so I think, I think it'll be kind of fun. I also am wondering how this like road is going to be going all the time. Cause they're really having one home game um, this season. So I think that might also be a factor, but obviously week one, they aren't, I'm sure they're just excited to play. So um, that'll be kind of fun to see how that kind of unfolds. But for me, I think it's just going to be um, that balance between the offense and the defense. Um, we were kind of talking last week a little bit about um, just some of the, the, some of the returners coming back this year, that senior leadership, um, being able to kind of, in a sense, just, just kind of helping guide these younger, younger athletes um, to possibly having a really good first week against Foley. But for me, I'm going to be on the on the side of uh, Cathedral. Um, I know Randy and Dave they took Foley, um, but I I honestly think the Crusaders are going to go over there and, and get a win this first week.
1: Well, awesome. Well, great because I also picked Cathedral. So <laughs> I'd love to disagree with you more, but this was this was my my thought as well. Yeah, I think I think with Jack Pelzel being back, ever having to miss basically all of last year uh, with a broken finger, him back at quarterback will be. Um, a really good thing for them. Last year when these two teams played, it was such different styles. Um, You know, Foley, they ran for 220 yards, and Cathedral, it looks like, ran for 10 yards. Um, So that was tough for them, but um, they threw for, yeah, they threw for a little over 150 yards, but still, I mean, they just weren't able to run the ball last year. But I think with having – with Jack back there, throwing the ball around, um, Caleb Lyons is his top target – um, who was the top receiver for Mason Wolf last year. He had four catches for 89 yards in this game last year in a touchdown. Um, so he had some success against Foley last year on a 61-yard TD. So I think they'll be able to throw the ball a little bit more. Um, and when you're able to throw the ball like that a little more consistently, um, that opens up the running game. And Andrew Rott is back at running back this year. I know he said last year was a little um, – it was a difficult, a little frustrating just with – just wasn't able to really get the the yardage he was hoping for. It was tough a couple games like that, but um, I think Cathedral is going to be able to go on the road and get that win over Foley. And now we have two games left to cover here in our first segment. Albany is going to go travel to Zimmerman. Uh, Last year, these two teams met. It was a 22 to nothing win at home for Albany. Uh, Nolan Reuter, uh, Will Mergen, and Ethan Navratil all had touchdowns who are all back this year as seniors. Um, These teams have met eight times overall. Um, and could, uh, Albany's won five of those times since they started consistently playing every year um, in 2013. So Brian, what do you think uh, is going to happen tonight? What are, what are you kind of expecting of this Albany team?
0: I'm, I'm just, for me, I'm just baffled by the fact that like you can run the ball like 95% of the time <laughs> still <laughs> goal pretty much undefeated that season. I, I just love it. I love how the Huskies play. I love, I mean, I've never seen them play yet. I'm excited to see them play, but I I'm just baffled by the fact that like, literally it's just that hard nose, our lines better than your line type of football, which I don't think we see a whole lot these days anymore. I think it's a lot of passing. I think it's a lot of creativity and different things like that, which which is fine. I love that aspect too. So I guess for me, I'm just excited for the fact of just seeing what that running back is, what that running back core is able to do with that offensive line. Um, I know for me, that was the one team that I was able to watch practice and and those offensive linemen definitely know how to, how to push a few defensive guys around. So um, I think it was going to be kind of fun just to see what they're capable of doing. And I know for them, their goal is to, you know, continue that, Great record that they had last year and, and continue on into this year. So um, I have my pick along with Randy and Dave's picks at, at Albany. Um, I think they're just going to have a really good game against Zimmerman and um, come out with that win.
1: Yeah, Zimmerman was a really good team last year, too. Seven and two overall and seven wins in the regular season, if I remember correctly. So um, being able to shut them out 22 to nothing, that was a big deal. That kind of, I think that was the time around last year. I'm like, yeah, these guys are definitely for real just because it's hard to tell sometimes with such lopsided scores they were beating teams 40 50 to nothing or so but yeah it was I mean they're just they're a really great squad like you said they're gonna run the same about five six plays and they're gonna just wear you down and run it at you and they're not gonna care because they're just that's how they've been they've been playing that way for their entire lives the the lives before them their parents all of that so you know when we talked to coach uh Kleinschmidt he said that you know a lot of things Change and a lot of things are so crazy right now. But what's consistent is what they do and the running backs they have in the backfield that um, have got the job done before. Um, a couple different linemen up front, but I'm sure they'll adjust just like everyone else has um, in the past. so Yeah, I think Albany is also going to be able to to get this win on the road against um, you know a great program like Zimmerman, who beat them in 2016 and 2017. So last couple years they have got wins over Albany, but. I think Albany is going to continue that, that winning run this year. And last we have sock rapids at Monticello. Um, from what I've been able to find, I know these teams, um, if I remember correctly, they are in the same section, but I haven't been able to find a time they've ever met before, at least in the last 15 years. So it'll be fun to see, you know, a team you haven't seen before. It, you know, usually we're used to seeing Soccer rapids play a lot of the local teams. Um, and, you know, have people that, you know, you're kind of used to, but to have a, a team that you've never even really seen in recent memory will be kind of fun. Um, you know, Monticello, I actually got to see this team play um, last year when they played Tech in the section quarterfinals and beat them by one point at Tech. I remember that was a really great game. Um, even though Monticello only had four wins last year, but they, they pulled off that upset. Uh, what are you looking forward to, at least to try to get an idea of out of the Soc Rapids team from week one?
0: I think for me, it's going to be the defense. I know they bring back quite a bit of uh, defensive linemen and, and such. I think for me, um, it's going to be just kind of seeing how that all unfolds into um, stopping Monticello. Um, like you said, they haven't seen they haven't played them in a long time, um, so I think that's going to be kind of an interesting matchup, just in the sense that you know, similar to what we were saying with. Hutchison and uh, tech I mean it's it, they, they don't have film on each other they don't know what to expect on them so um, so I think I think it's going to be kind of interesting to see what they can do defensively um, and for that reason I think Soc Rapids is gonna have a good defensive game um, and I am going to pick uh, the storm I think the storm is going to make it make it thunder and lightning and rain. and all over Monticello. So I am going to be picking Sock Rapids for this win. Um, Randy and Dave, I know, picked Monticello. I just think – I don't know. I think, I think Sock Rapids is going to have a good defensive plan, and they're going to be able to stop Monticello tonight.
1: Well, thank goodness we finally have one we disagree on because I was getting tired of agreeing for the first, <laughs> the first five games that we talked about. Put up uh, your
0: dukes, Zach. Though
1: no. <laughs> I know. I'm ready. I was getting bored. It's like, yep, I agree. I agree. No, I picked Monticello in this one. Um, The big reason why, for me at least, their running backs, Calvin Schmitz and Sam Valor, who I watched kind of tear through tech last year, um, really good running backs. Both of them were only juniors last year, so they'll both be in the backfields. Like you said, I think it will be fun to see. You have um, Carter Lesh and Brody Rollins, some of those guys on the defensive line from Soc Rapids that are back and had really good years. So Yeah, I think that battle up front, kind of like we talked about in the Albany game, I think that'll be really key in the Soccer Rapids game, too. If they can shut down that running attack, from what I remember last year, I mean, it was a really cold, tough-to-throw-in game, so um, Monticello might have had more passing attack than I got to see in that section game, but they really relied on their running backs and kind of that two-headed monster of those two. So Um, I'm going to pick Monticello in this one. So good, at least we all had some different picks. We're not going to be tied, hopefully, at the end of the first week, <laughs> so at least we can look forward to that. Definitely, <laughs> but yeah. So we're gonna we'll tally these up after we find out tonight and next week when we talk on the pod, um, when we preview week two matchups, we'll we'll probably touch on a couple of these week one games to to give people an ideas, and we'll update everyone on kind of how those standings turned out. So absolutely, so yeah. So that'll be um, that'll be about it for this first segment of football. Um, we're gonna take a short break here. And then we're going to come back and talk a little bit more about volleyball. We saw Albany last night. We'll talk about that game and also some of the teams to watch for this season. Welcome back to the SC Time Sports Report. Now we're going to move into a little volleyball talk here as we finally got the season underway last night. Um, in the morning, as we expected there not to be much news, We were, uh, Brian especially was kind of sent scrambling because all of a sudden there was news from the high school league that a limited amount of fans will be allowed for indoor events after that had previously been said there would be no fans for indoor events. So... That brought kind of some difficulties on the schools. It also had about six to eight hours to figure out how to make these regulations work and get it ready in place for for the first game. Uh, we were out at Albany last night while uh, Dave Schwartz. He was at Cathedral. Um, Cathedral won three sets to nothing, and then at our game at Albany, uh, the Huskies also won three sets to nothing. And there were, you know, probably I don't know. Would you say about 25, 30 parents there um, up in the balcony while the other. Uh, the C squad and the B squad for Mora and Albany were kind of spread out throughout the bleachers. Um, yeah. The too. So, um, I guess we'll start with that game before we get into the preview because um, I know they'll kind of go together since Albany's expected to be a really strong team this year. Uh, you got to see them practice, but what was it like to finally see the Huskies play a game for the first time last night? Yeah,
0: they're, they're pretty good. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> yep. All right, move on to Sartell. Yeah. And moving on. No. <laughs> Um, no, it was a really good game, um, a really good match. I, I think both of us kind of went in kind of thinking, all right, Albany's probably going to take this one pretty handily. Um, but you also don't really know what to expect. I mean, it's, it's first game or first match of the season. Um, but there's a lot of senior leadership on this, on this Albany team, and you could definitely see it last night with eight seniors on the squad, um, you have it. You have a setter like Paige Meyer, who's been there for. She's a four-year starter. Um, so she, you know, kind of talking to head coach Brian Hines, he he even said, I, I mean, you always expect more out of out of a out of a player, but surprisingly, Meyer just keeps bringing more and more to the table each year. Um, she also has a lot of help around her um, with Haley Thielen, um as a as a libero. Um, she's in that back line that, I mean, does a phenomenal job of digging out those balls and getting, getting Paige in position to set those set, set a ball over to the hitters, and then they have quite a bit of a hitting core. Um, I mean, you have you have a middle hitter like uh, Mackenzie Wombach, you have outside hitters like Ashley Weber, um, and then you know her um, her sister Abby Weber. Um, both of them have been having a really good time at, at practices. And I was over at the, at one of their practices early on last week, and they just, they definitely know how to hit the ball. Let's just say that. Um, but when you have, you know, you have Ashley on one side, Abby on the other side, Mackenzie in the middle, that's already good enough. And then you add on top of it, um, a couple of some younger names, um, Samantha Van Heel, as well as, um, Andrea um, Marshik. both of them are sophomores. Um, Samantha is a um, so, or is a outside hitter, but Andrea is a middle hitter. She's 6'2", and you can definitely understand why she'd be a middle hitter because she's really tall and can. I mean, she doesn't even have to jump; she just puts her hand. Uh, I mean, gotta gotta love that. So, um, but yeah, for for that, it was just it was a good. First match, just to kind of see how everybody kind of did, um, and honestly, I think Brian Hines was really happy with how the outcome went. Um, obviously, for for Albany, they finished the season with an undefeated conference record. Um, won the Granite Ridge Conference last year. They are eyeing to to stay undefeated this year and and hold on to that conference title this year as well. Um, and. I think it just comes from that leader, senior leadership. I think it's going to be a really good season for the Huskies, um, as long as they stay healthy and and they're able to, you know, keep that senior leadership high. I I, I don't see them losing a single match in in the Granite Ridge. It's I, I just don't.
1: Yeah, just a really dominant team with so much experience coming back. Yeah, I was out there last night too, and it was just fun to finally see volleyball in the gym again. It's interesting because Albany, um, you know, everyone has masks on in the crowd and. Um, The players warm up, at least for most of the time, with the masks when they're all around each other. And then when they sit on the bench, they have to have their masks on. They're all separated. They have their own seats. Um, and teams don't switch sides between sets, we found out. <laughs> we, we figured out in the second set, we're like, oh, yeah, you'd have to switch sides and seats. And that doesn't really... Work with the the current COVID measures, so
0: um, so if Albany could possibly switch sides so that we can get a better vantage point.
1: Exactly, because I was trying area. to get some photos from the balcony. I wanted some head-on stuff. <laughs> didn't work out that way.
0: I was a little disappointed. Won't lie, but I guess it's so, okay. Bri- so. Brian or Scott, if you're hearing this, just you know switch them out for us. That'd be great. So I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be opposed. <laughs> but and then also,
1: <laughs> Mora wore masks on the court for the first set um lost 25 to 9 there weren't masks on the court at least in the second set everyone still was on the sidelines so um just a lot of weird kind of different things that you're not used to in a volleyball match but that's what that's what the entire season is going to be that's what it's been like in the other sports so yeah just a couple of things i noticed last night that uh were a lot different than than a normal game but yeah with albany getting that win like i mentioned earlier cathedral who also in the granite ridge they won three to nothing so it'll be kind of fun to to see them down the line, see if cathedral continues to improve and kind of get back to their ways of, you know, when they're at the state tournament a couple years ago, if they can start trending towards that way with in the past, a pretty young team um, from last year, but the team that obviously is going to be the big force in the area that continued to take care of business last night with a three, nothing win over Alexandria on the road with Sartell um, coming off a 26 and two season. Uh, can you tell me a little bit more, Brian, about what, you know, as you were able to talk to them and see them practice a little first, what, what it was like to, to finally see them for the first time.
0: Yeah. They're, they're good too. Um, (laughs) Yep. Uh, Back-to-back state titles is um, what they're kind of hoping for. Uh, They won the central lakes conference title last year with, like you said, that 26 and two record kind of a force to be reckoned with in a sense. Um, They, bring back quite a bit of talent. Um, Similar to Albany, they have quite a bit of talent coming back um, starting with their front front line, Um, their front row. They, they come back with Elizabeth Dilley, um, who honestly is probably the number one player to watch this season. Um, Finished, finished the 2019 season with 434 kills. Also led the team with uh, 288 digs. um, And she's just going to be a force to be reckoned with on, on that line. Um, and then on the other, or in the middle, you have Caitlin Hammer, who we figured out is a great last name for a volleyball player. Oh, yes. um, so good work to their, her parents for having that last name and putting her in volleyball. Um, but she's going to be joining Dilly on that front row. Um, she had 205 kills last season with 45 blocks. Um, she had the team's highest hitting percentage at 0.393, just unbelievable stats and i'm sure it'll continue growing this year with the same core coming back and then you have courtney snowberg on on the other side that's doing a great job um and she's also a senior this year so she's you kind of have that senior core on the front row which is going to be really good and then setting to them you have morgan vosberg who's a senior setter a lot of expectations coming from her um from head coach sarah Hornseth. she's um she's got quite a bit of Stats heading into um, this uh, the senior year, um, she finished the 2019 season with 1,007 assists, which um, unbelievable. I mean, you get a thousand. I mean, my goodness. Um, and she she has quite a bit of core coming back with that front front row. That's going to be a. I think it's just going to be another solid season for Sartell. The only question that they have, kind of coming coming into the season, is their back line. Um, Their back row, they had libero Hope Grasswick. She graduated last year, and she was kind of one of their big liberos, kind of controlled that back row quite a bit. Um, So that was one thing that they kind of had to look for um, heading into the season. They said – or talking to Hornseth at practice last week, they said – or she was was talking about Avery Templin. Um, She's only a sophomore, but she has kind of – done a really good job behind that in that back row controlling, you know, those digs and getting that passing over to um, Morgan to to set it up to the, to the hitters. And so um, she, she even said she's been doing, she's been stepped in and has done a phenomenal job for us. So I think, I think she could be someone to kind of eye out for, for um, future years, especially with, you know, the half there after this year, they're going to be kind of replacing quite a bit of that front row. But that back row will be pretty solid, so um, going to be kind of an interesting year, just in that sense. But I think Sartell is going to be another force to be reckoned with, similar to Albany. You have Albany in the Granite Ridge, and you have Sartell in the Central Lakes, and honestly, those two are going to be the powerhouses that teams are going to be eyeing to try and get that win. But I don't see I don't see Sartell losing a single conference match this season. Um, I think they'll be going undefeated and taking that central lakes conference again um just like they did last year
1: wow heard it here first brian mosey calling two undefeated conference seasons in the same (laughs) segment i love it (laughs) no yeah avery i remember she was a really great basketball player too as a freshman was starting and one of the you know top two players for them um during that season and she really developed so it's almost not too surprising to me that she would also at volleyball be coming along Really strong in the sophomore year. So yeah, it'll be it'll be fun to see a couple of those new additions, but also um, kind of the same dominant force up front. What's your what you're ready to expect um, from Sartell? And beyond those two teams, is there any, is there any other players um, at any of our other couple local schools that um, people should keep an eye on this fall?
0: Yeah, I think I think one of the big names or one of the big schools that could kind of be competing with Albany in the Granite Ridge is Cathedral. Um, they bring back a handful of of some young talent um, starting off with Kayla Sexton, who's a sophomore this year. She's an outside hitter and a de- defensive specialist. So she kind of plays both ways. Um, and she's going to be a leader for cathedral. She's uh, she has the ability to use that force on the outside for, for being a hitter, but also she can get back and kind of be that, that digs person or, or even a setter. Um, I saw her set in a couple, so a couple passes to, in the, or different players at practice last week, so um, she's going to be she's going to be definitely someone to kind of keep your eye on. Along with her, you have Caitlin Voth, who's a junior middle hitter for Cathedral. Um, she's just very tall, um, kind of has a, has that middle hitter presence in a sense, um, and I think she'll be um, she'll be kind of that both ways, where you know she can help with blocks, but she can also record those kills as well. Um, so she'll be kind of a person to kind of keep your eye out at four. Um, But they just have a lot of depth this year talking, talking to uh, head coach Heidi, um, Heidi Schlue. Um, she kind of said that they're both, they're, they're having such, such talented players that it creates a hard aspect in the sense of depth. Just you're going to have a lot more players coming out on the court. And um, I think it worked out pretty well. The first match um, against Zimmerman with, um, a three Oh sweep. So be fun to kind of see how that goes this year. And then, um, as for the rest of the teams, I mean, you have tech and Apollo, both of them kind of have similar storylines in the sense that they are young teams. Um, they, they bring back quite a bit of some young talent. Um, and you have for, for, um, the tigers for tech, they have two sophomore outside hitters. Um, that will be probably taking the charge this year. And then you have a junior libero, Sarah Harrison or Sarah Harris, who, um, head coach, um, head coach, Christy Houston. She even said that she expects Harris to be leading the team in digs this year. So I think those, that that young core is going to definitely build and who knows what could next year kind of possibly bring, um, with Apollo. They also have quite a young team as well. Um, you have junior Noel Hackenmuller, um, who's been kind of a, I mean, she's, she's a very dominant player. Um, and then you also have senior, um, you have a senior hitter with Paige Cox who will be kind of controlling that front row as well. Um, she got injured in the section tournament last year, so she wasn't able to finish out the year and, um, came back and now she's, from the sounds of it, stronger than ever. So um, that'll be kind of a that'll be a fun one to kind of watch out for as well. So um, and then Sock Rapids and Ricori, both of them kind of in that middle middle pack of the standings. So I mean, you you, you don't really know what to expect from them just because they're all kind of all those teams are kind of squished in the middle for a Central Lakes Conference, and um, it can kind of go either way when it comes to Sock Rapids and Ricori. Um, Ricori does have a brand new. Um, brand new head coach with Samantha um, Schlagen, who she's, she, she apparently, or she sounds like she's been kind of forming a different plan in her, in her head, heading into the season. So um, I'm sure it kind of looks a little different than last year's um, last year's team, but yeah, I think it'll be kind of fun to see what they, what they're able to do both Socrap and their, and finished the year 12 and 16. So definitely trying to improve upon that record.
1: Awesome. Well, yeah, well, I think that should about wrap up um, kind of our volleyball talk for today. That gives you a little bit better idea of what the season's going to look like and just kind of who some of the main players are to watch. And if Albany or Sartell lose a conference game, you can give Brian a call. He's the one that made it happen. He'll be the jinx. (laughs) Please don't. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, we're going to take one more break today. Before we get back, we'll touch on the section tournaments. Uh, that are coming up and already underway with tennis and then some of the other ones. We'll preview those, wrap up everything, um, and get you on your way on this Friday. So we'll take, like I said, a quick break, and we'll be back in a couple minutes.
0: And we are back for the last segment of this week's SC Times Sports Report podcast. Um, As always, you can check out sctimes.com for more information. Um, Last night, we had a lot of stuff. Um, Three different galleries from three different events that uh, Dave and Zach were taking photos at. Uh, We also had a gamer from me from uh, the Albany volleyball match. We also had a gamer from uh zach from the tech girls tennis so had a lot of stuff so make sure to subscribe um like we've said in past podcasts some of this stuff is metered content but there are certain things that are subscriber only and you must have a subscription if you want to read it so um definitely go online and, and get that i don't know what the recent deal is um i know last week it was a 99 cents for three months type of deal, but, um, I don't know if that has expired by now, but if, if so, it's still, I think only like two ninety nine for, um, for unlimited, unlimited digital access. So I think even then is a good deal to, to jump on. So, um, definitely try and get on there and, and check out SC for more content. You can always follow us on, um, Twitter. My handle is at Brian Mosey. Um, For Zach, it's at SC times Zach. So um, you can definitely follow us there. You can also check out our Instagram page. Zach and Dave have been doing a really good job of updating those um, every day with, with new content and different stuff like that. So, um, and then we also have Natalie, Natalie, um, Natalie is our editor or she's our, she's an editor that kind of does a lot of the social media aspects. So she's been doing a great job with different Instagram tags and cards and stuff. So, um, yeah, so definitely check out all of our different. You can also like us on Facebook. There's so many different options. There's so many options. You can see. Ridiculous. I mean, options. Yeah, it's like it's like just open up your internet and you'll find us. You, know? you will. So you will. we try to be present. You can even go on Google and just type in syncloud Cloud Times, and it'll take you. It'll take you somewhere. So you know.
1: we're not on TikTok. That's about the only thing we're not on. We
0: aren't. But maybe. <laughs> How much I use it, we could be.
1: Yeah, we probably should be, to be honest. <laughs> could, like work expense that time at that point, but yeah.
0: But, Not on TikTok yeah. yet,
1: but every other yeah. social media platform you care about, we're probably there.
0: Exactly. But now we're kind of rolling into the last segment, which is uh which is sections um for a lot of these sports in the fall that started back in August. They are kind of concluding their season with a section tournament. Um, that we've already figured out that state tournaments aren't going to exist for fall sports. So um, the section tournament is really the last tournament for many of these teams. So definitely a different vibe in the sense where, you know, there's, there's a lot more, you know, we need to win if we want to stay alive. And I think that's been the case in past section tournaments, but this year it's just a little bit more intense because they know that that championship is kind of that last game that they can get to. So um, but for girls tennis, they started last week, um, on Tuesday while I was on a vacation, Zach went over and, um, covered the tech, um, the tech Sartell girls tennis match and, um, tech got that win pretty handily, seven, nothing. Um, but this, this past on Thursday, we went out to a, um, to another tech matchup against Foley in the quarterfinals and, um, that one was a fun one, I guess. What did you kind of see from, from that match, um, Zach, that, um, I mean, it was pretty good match?
1: Yeah, it was about as close as it can get. Um, five of the seven matches, individual matches, um, went to three sets, and it's, you know, a max of three sets for high school girls tennis. So um, other than um, Tiroli Sisters, who Ashley and Paige, they both easily won at number one and two singles. Every other match kind of went down to the wire. Um, so, And a lot were – you know, it flip-flopped. We saw kind of, we saw how the way it was going that first set, because both of us had to leave to get to the Albany match. So we didn't get to stay the entire time, but we kind of saw the way it was trending and it seemed like Foley Foley had won about three or four of the first sets. So we knew it was going to be close. Um, And then a lot of the matches, even in the second set, completely flipped script um, to set up those third sets. So yeah, it wasn't, like you said, on Tuesday, it was pretty easy. Um, You know, Tech took care of business of Sartell like they had during the regular season, but Um, this was a really good matchup. And yeah, I mean, it was, was down to the wire. It came down, it was tied three to three um, and number three doubles um, something that's, you know, probably usually overlooked. Um, You know, that's the, you know, the the seventh matchup there. So um, easy to not think that's going to decide the, but I mean it decided their entire season basically if they would keep getting to play tennis. Um, And yeah, they, they came up with a big performance. Um, And, you know, tech is a a co-op between them and cathedral and, Cathedral's Il- Isabella Anderson and Tex Abby Brown got that crucial victory um, in number three doubles in that final set, 6-4, they won that. So, I mean, they came up big with that after losing the second set. Um, and at number one doubles, too, um, Leah Donnelly and Kylie Starin, they were they lost the first set 6-2, which they also lost the first set 6-2 um, on Tuesday. They came back, won the second and third set on Thursday 6-2 to 6-1 to also um, keep them alive after Foley kind of rattled off a bunch of consecutive victories after those wins at singles for tech. So yeah, just really fun. Ashley, she still hasn't lost a set this year and it doesn't sound like it's been close to losing a set this year. So that's pretty crazy. Um, Paige has been developing a lot as a seventh grader at number two singles, putting together some good performances and wins too. So yeah, they, they're going to travel to Becker now um, next Tuesday for the semifinals, Becker 13 and O on the year. So no small feat, but um You know, they're going to travel on the road for that, see if they can pull off an upset. And if they would win that, they'd play um, at the neutral courts at Sartell on Thursday, and that would be for sure um, their last match of the year. So at this point, it's either win or go home. And if they win one more, then it's – you're going to go home, but it's going to be if you're a winner winner or a loser, I guess, because there's going to be nothing after that. But, yeah, one – you know, I know their head coach, Paul Bates, when I talked to him this morning, he just said – he was just excited that they made it to that last week – um, they get to play one more week of tennis, you know, another match. It's not over yet. Um, so they're, they're just thrilled to keep playing.
0: Yeah. No, I, like you said, Becker and Tech are on one side of the bracket and then you have Brainerd and Mimidji on the other side of the bracket for that makes up the semifinals. And um, I know Tech played Brainerd at the beginning of the season, this past, um, at, like back in August, back in, you know,
1: a million years ago, <laughs> uh,
0: exactly what feels like it. Um, but they, they lost to Brainerd there, but they also are doing a consolation bracket, um, for this, for this section tournament. Um, and so Apollo defeated Sartell last night, um, to advance to the consolation semifinals, Ricori beat big Lake. Um, and so now Recori and Apollo will be facing each other. Um, uh, will be facing off on Tuesday at Recori at 4 PM for a chance to make it to the consolation finals. So, um, that will be um that's pretty cool that they are able to keep playing and and continue their season as well so um but then along with girls tennis we got the seedings for girls and boys soccer this past year or this past year this past week Um, so it might
1: feel like a year for you coming back from (laughs) vacation but it's only been a week i swear
0: (laughs) definitely but um but kind of to start off the seedings, um, we have um, sections, all of the teams that we cover are in section 8A, eight, eight which is very nice. Um, so thank it you. It is really convenient. I yeah. Whoever made that, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Thank you. Um, and also on top of it, they do a north side bracket as well as a south side bracket. And then the north plays the, the, the winner of the north, plays the winner of the south. Well, all of our teams are in the south bracket, which is even better. So, out of the 8 teams, we got like 7 of them in there or 6 of them in there. So, um but kind of I guess for the boys side, I guess kind of take me through those seedings and I guess any surprises or anything like that that you kind of saw coming out of those seedings?
1: No, it was it was kind of honestly what I I somewhat expected. So, Cathedral got the top seed, 10 and 0, um another undefeated Conference record season, um, just completely thrashing opponents basically throughout the entire year. Um, they did get a test. They, they only beat Minnewaska two to one, one of their last games. They actually got down in that game early. So I know coach Alex Hess was kind of happy that they did have that adversity and have to face that because they've been winning games four nothing, five, nothing, um, so it was, it was kind of a game where they went on the road and didn't really switch on right away, which they're going to need to in sections. Um, so I think it was good that they did get that type of game. But uh, Jacob Maynor, he's leading. Uh, I think he's tied for the lead in state right now with 22 goals this year in only 10 games, which is nuts. And there's so many of those games he sat almost the entire second half too just because they were winning. So um, he's been really good. Connor Drone's been good. His brother Elias Drone, they, both of them have been kind of the key um, creators and assist men for them. So, uh, and Connor also, I think has double digit goals. So they're, they're running through with the one seed there should be really fun. And, you know, they haven't got to play tech or Apollo or soccer Rapids or any of those teams this year. So I know they're really looking forward to hopefully meeting some of those teams, um, here in sections, tech got the two seed and Apollo the three seed, which they tied three to three. So I, it was a coach's vote. I know for like, who would actually get the two and three seed. So, I mean, Either way, it doesn't really matter because I guess other than home field, they'll probably, if they can both win their quarterfinals matchups here on Tuesday, they'll end up meeting again only a couple weeks after they just tied. So um, that's one, if, if that does happen, that'd be a really fun one to see again. I know you were at the, uh, you were at that tech Apollo game, which was kind of a crazy game. So um, I think it'll be fun to see if, if those teams can take care of business and meet up again.
0: Yeah, no. And, and, Kind of like you were saying, kind of to finish out the bracket, you have Little Falls playing. Um, they have the four seed they're playing, number five seed Sartell. Um, at, and all these games are taking place on Monday. Um, they have the boys playing Monday, the girls playing Tuesday for their quarterfinal games. Um, I think it's also based on ofi- officials just because officials are very short um, this this time of season. But And then Sock Rapids, they got the win over St. John's Prep. Last night on Thursday night, um, they were the 7th seed. They got the 4-0 win, so they'll be playing Tech on Monday. And then Miniwaska is the number 6 seed, and they'll be playing Apollo on Monday night as well. Um, Ricori got the number 9 seed. They actually got a really nice o- overtime win on Thursday night over Melrose um, to win 2-1, to one, and they will be taking on Cathedral. A tough task, but um, definitely a very good very good win for Ricori um, last night, I know, um, t- texting, texting the coaches, they were very excited about that win. And, um, eh, obviously another tough task playing cathedral, but who knows, can't, you don't know until the, they hit the zeros on, on the scoreboard. So, um, but yeah, definitely, uh, definitely will be fun to see how everything kind of unfolds. And, um, and I think, I think it'll be some really good matchups that, like you said, tech and tech and Apollo, if they are able to play it in the quarterfinals together, um, that'll be a really good one i I was there for the last mat, or the last game and you could definitely tell that that rivalry is very very real um and so that would be a fun one to to go watch um as well as you know honestly this the little falls and Sartella game will be pretty good too um getting that four five matchup i honestly i think i think sartella has a really good chance of of winning that game and and taking on cathedral possibly so
1: yeah, and that Apollo Tech game, you know, Apollo got up two nothing. Um, they almost got up three one and a goal was disallowed. Eventually Tech came back, took the lead, Apollo tied it up late. So, I mean, it doesn't get much more exciting or fun than that. So, um I'm if you know, if they if they do get by, it should be fun to to see what part two of that type of rivalry is. And Definitely. and on the girls' side, um Sartell they grabbed the top seed after a really strong stretch of play. They lost their opening um two games of the year. And then over the next seven wins, they outscored teams 34 to one, just nuts. Um, They have some really great firepower up front and they just, um, you know, they lost two to nothing to undefeated Moorhead, but most teams have been losing like eight or 12 to nothing to Moorhead this year. So um, I don't think it's anything too much to hang their heads on. Um, So they grabbed the number one seed in the South division. cathedral earned the number two seed after a five, two and two season in the granite Ridge Um, senior Carolina Driscoll. She scored four goals in uh, Cathedral's home finale of the regular season against St. John's Prep on Tuesday. Um, so they're looking strong entering the playoffs as well. Um, a couple other seeds here. Little Falls is number three, Soccer Rapids four, Tech five, Apollo six, and Recory was eight before they lost by forfeit um, in the play-in game. So the big one to watch, I think for us, is Soccer Rapids will be hosting Tech. That four, that four five matchup, I think that's probably where we'll kind of have our eyes on. They'll play, you know, the closest matchup in that first round, um, and just, Brian, do you have any other thoughts on kind of the girls section as it plays out?
0: Yeah, I was talking to Roy Snyder, the head coach for Sartell's, um, Sartell girls soccer, and he even said, you know, the, because obviously if Sartell wins that first round against St. John's Prep, they'll be facing the winner of the Soc Rapids and Tech game. So he even said, even though, you know, Tech hasn't gotten a win yet, and Soc Rapids, I believe, has two wins this season, they're both very dangerous teams, and who knows what could they could do. Um, and so it, it's kind of more of a, you know, you got you to you work hard to get those wins, um, especially in the section tournament. And um, I know for Roy, the key to success for Sartell this year has been the depth. He has 22 kids on his roster this, um, for, um, for the playoffs, and he said, I am confident in putting any of those 22 kids into, into the game. Um, and having them do what, what do their job um so i think it'll be kind of interesting to see and then with apollo i mean last year apollo was kind of the the, the name heading into um the early early bracket for for the section tournament because they won two straight games to to get into uh i believe what was the quarterfinals and so um who knows what what Apollo's capable of doing i mean i know they don't have a win this season but they didn't have. I don't believe they didn't have a win last season either and won two straight games in the section tournament. So never know what could happen. Um, but I think, yeah, definitely the big matchup early on is going to be Sock Rapids and, and Tech. And then, you know, maybe get the Cathedral-Sartell matchup um, for the semifinals, which would be a very, very good one. Um, but we'll see kind of how things unfold in the next coming week.
1: And yeah, other than that, we have swimming coming up. They're still about two weeks away for their section tournament. So we'll probably talk a little bit more about that next week, previewing that. But the last sport to cover is cross-country. We have um, our teams running across two different classes, three different sections. So kind of all over the place. So, Brian, do you just kind of want to remind people and let them know where these last meets of the year are going to be?
0: Definitely. Definitely. Um, cathedral is in the section 5a and the boys will be um, running at mora golf course on october 15th girls will be running at mora high school on october 16th Um, albany is in section 6a they will the boys will be at long prairie golf course on october 13th girls will be um, at little crow little crow golf club in new london on october 15th the rest of the teams um, that we cover the other five schools they are all in section 8AA the boys will be running at Mimiji High School on October 15th and the girls will be at Mimiji High School on October 16th and so basically just with all of this um we have the new new rules when it comes to um how many teams can be running and how many runners they can have and different things like that so they split it up girls and boys because usually most of the time the girls and the boys run at the same day and kind of works better that way. But um, this year they kind of have to split it up a little bit because of all the COVID COVID guidelines and such. So, um, but this also may be the last week for some of these schools, um, to be quite honest, um, as we are kind of approaching, unfortunately, um, the numbers that require schools to go into distance learning. There's a certain mathematical formula equation thing. Um, if you want take a look at sctimes.com. Jenny Bird put up a story uh, Wednesday night about it. Um, really good and well, well written, um, kind of giving you the details of how things go. But basically there's a certain number of, um, there's a certain number that schools, once they reach it, they need to go into distance learning because the COVID numbers are so high in that certain County. And so for St. Cloud um, School District, they actually had a meeting on Wednesday night and they determined that starting after next week. So the 17th, I believe, is when they were going to officially go into distance learning. Um, And if they do go into distance learning, the rule based on Minnesota State High School League guidelines and rules is that if you are required to go into distance learning, you cannot have a sports. All sports need to be done via virtually, whether that's Zoom or whatever it may be. So, if that's the case, that means starting on the 19th, um, I believe that's that Monday. Yeah, the 19th, they they are no longer able to have sports, and it sounds like it would be for the next three weeks. So, um, they need to keep that number underneath a certain number um, for three straight weeks to get back to hybrid learning and get sports back. So, could kind of conflict with certain things. I mean, I know With tennis, that season will be done by the end of next week. But with cross country, I think that'll be done as well. But um, with soccer, I know if, you know, for instance, if we're talking about St. Cloud School District, we're talking about Tech and Apollo. um, And those two schools could be facing off in the quarterfinals um, next Thursday with the winner playing, you know, what could be potentially a number one seed cathedral um, on the twenty, or not the twentieth, yeah, the twentieth, uh, which is a Tuesday. At that point, they won't be able to have sports again. So it's kind of conflicting in the sense of, and then also with swimming too. I mean, you have all the swimming meets starting up um, the week of the nineteenth, and so if, if you're out of, if you're not able to have sports, then they aren't able to have their section tournaments. So, and then also football and volleyball, and you know, it just kind of trickles down more and more as the as the season goes on. So that'll be kind of interesting.
1: Yeah. And it, it also, you know, um, you know, there's no word or anything official or anything yet from any other schools, but I mean the other schools we, we cover like Sartell, Recory, Albany, um, you know, all of them are also in Stearns County. They're all under those same, those same numbers affect all these schools. Um, Stearns County is a really big County, but it still equally affects them all. So um, yeah, I mean, we're just going to have to kind of keep our eye on the next week, week, week and a half to see what this turns out like, what it could look like. And, you know, we've gone through shutdowns before or sports being canceled. So it's not as jarring now, but it would be, it would be a really big setback or kind of shame if for some of these sports, their season just ended before they could be completed again. Like a lot of them experienced in a couple experienced, um, you know, in the winter and then, not getting spring so it would be tough and especially after moving football up from spring to fall if teams are gonna you know only six regular season games anyway if they'd have to miss you know up to half of that and then try to go into playoffs with only two or three games played that would be also kind of a logistical nightmare i feel like so yeah
0: yeah um, it's gonna be an interesting couple of weeks yeah and i think i think the thing that people need to realize is that these athletes know that you know i mean for instance albany volleyball they had their senior night last night Um, because they know nothing is guaranteed for the next match. Mm -hmm. I mean, whether that's a school shutting down and and going to distance learning or a team that might get COVID, you know, you you never know when your team's going to, when your team's going to be done with their season. So um, it's very important to understand that these athletes have that mentality, not saying that it's going to suck. I mean, it's definitely still going to suck when they, when they hear the news or when things happen, but um, they have that mentality at least. And, and for us, like, like Zach was kind of talking about, there are five schools that we cover that are in the Stearns County area. Um, Sock Rapids is in Benton County, so that one's a little different. And then Cathedral is considered a private school, so they kind of are able to make their own decisions. Um, so, you know, they can kind of figure out what they, what they want to do. But honestly, if, <laughs> if all these public schools have to shut down, who are you going to play? I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so honestly, it might be kind of a force forcing shutdown if, if um, all these different counties have to go back to distance learning. So um, we kind of expected this to come sometime. I mean, people were talking about a second wave of COVID coming through. Um, I think it's definitely – I think
1: this is like third or fourth wave at this point, right? Because
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, we got the second wave by like June, but they did, yeah. say, they did say October, if I remember right, October, November, they always yep. said so. – so I mean, it's it, it, it we kind of knew it might might come and um, unfortunately Stearns County has taken a big hit um, with with COVID numbers and obviously the the health of everybody is very important and so you have to put that health in front of in front of anything else so um, but I think yeah it'll be it'll be interesting to see how things kind of unfold as as the as the week kind of goes on and and as we hear what might happen because. Also next weekend is MEA weekend for many of these schools. And so, um, that is a, usually it's a two or a four day weekend, maybe even five day weekend, depending on the school. And that is also a good way of, and I think that's why St. Cloud did it this way is they kind of transition into online learning, um, and distance learning, um, after that MEA weekend. So, yep. So it'll be, it'll be kind of interesting to kind of see how things go. Um, but on another note, um, one other note as we kind of wrap up this this podcast, um, we had some exciting news on Wednesday with uh, former Cathedral graduate Jack Smith. Um, he was selected in the NHL draft um, on Wednesday. Um, he was picked the hundred and second pick in the fourth round by the Montreal Canadiens, and uh, just a very cool accomplishment for him. I know talking to him, he was not expecting to get picked in the fourth round. Um, A lot of people in mock drafts and such picked him in the seventh or even undrafted. So getting the call in the fourth round, I think was a big shock for him, but I know he's honored to, to be a part of that. And I mean, what better organization than Montreal who has 24 Stanley cups and 24 division championships. I mean, I got a good history there. Uh, So, but uh, but yeah, I think, I think that's a really cool accomplishment for him. He'll be playing in Sioux Falls um, for USHL still. And um, when, you, when you get drafted, it doesn't mean that you're going straight into the, into the NHL. There's a pro- process that you have to kind of go through to, to get there. But um, that's a huge step for him. And I know it was a dream of his to get drafted. And so congratulations to Jack on, on that big accomplishment.
1: Definitely. Very cool to see that see that kind of surprising news come out on Wednesday. So, but yeah, I had about, about wrap up our show this week, a little longer this week. So if you, if you stayed all the way through, we appreciate it. Um, it's going to be kind of probably a bit longer these next weeks as we have football or as long as we have football. But the one thing we know is that there is football tonight. That's what we can guarantee past that. I can't tell you much, but I know that that's happening tonight. So <laughs> look forward to, like we talked about previously, I'll be a big leg like for Corey's game. Brian will be at Sartell for the Sartell-Apollo game, Um, and we'll have stuff up tonight, um, probably stuff into Saturday or even next week, possible other features about some of the guys or interesting things we see from this first night of football. So make sure to stay tuned into sctimes.com and continue to follow us as we give you news and updates every single week. So I think that'll about wrap it up for today. For Brian Mosey, I'm Zach Dwyer. Thank you for tuning in again, and we'll see you next time.